0: You're listening to Gruesome and a Natural, a true crime podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Gruesome and a Natural. I'm Shelley
1: and I'm Eric and this is episode 42.
0: Yeah, hello, my gruesome addicts. Happy Monday. (laughs) I hope you guys had a fantastic weekend, and we appreciate you uh, choosing our podcast to listen to today. So let's do it. Let's do it. All right. This story takes place in Medford, Oregon, and the day is October 2nd, 2017, when police were called to do a welfare check on the home of 517 Benson Street at 642 a.m. It was 50-year-old Aaron Fryer, Uh, It was his two youngest daughters who had found blood in their home and other disturbing things and then realized that their father was not home, which was odd to them, so they ended up calling their father's girlfriend, in which she called 911. When the police arrived at the Friar home, they came across a crime scene in the living room and realized not only was he missing, but so was his car. Police ended up finding his car at 9.52 a.m. on the same day, October 2nd, which was abandoned in the 100 block of Mary Posta Terrace, but there was no sign of Aaron still. This is when police spot three individuals walking just down the road of where Aaron's car was found, and they spoke to them, eventually detaining them for more questioning. Who were these three people? None other than 15-year-old Ellen Rose Fryer, Aaron's teenage daughter, along with her boyfriend, 19-year-old Gavin Curtis McFarlane, and their friend, 22-year-old Russell Pierce Jones II. Police did find Aaron's body, in a dirt embankment not too far away from his vehicle, as well as pieces of clothing and various items. So let me tell you the backstory leading up to what had actually happened that morning of October 2nd, 2017. So Ellen and Gavin, they met at Medford High School and Ellen thought he was cute, so she messaged him on Facebook and the two hit it off and began dating. Aaron, Ellen's father, disapproved of their relationship and he just really disliked Gavin. And it was both of her parents that demanded that she not see him anymore. So to their knowledge, it was over. But, I mean, she's 15 years old, so she was actually really seeing him behind their backs. So she would tell her father that she was staying at her friend's house, when really she was staying at Gavin's house. One day, Aaron found out about her staying at Gavin's house, you know, spending the night and everything. So he went over to his house, and he threatened Gavin and told him to stay away from his daughter. I mean, I don't blame him, right? Yeah. Can you imagine your 15-year-old daughter? So this is when they decided that Aaron needed to die. They wrote out a plan. They drew out, like, a layout of the house, of Aaron's house. And, I mean, obviously, um, Ellen did that. Also, you're going to hear Ellie. They call her Ellie. Her name's Ellen, but her little nickname is Ellie. It was believed that, actually, Ellen was pregnant with Gavin's baby, as they found, like, pregnancy tests later on and stuff. And due to the fact that they thought that she might be pregnant, they kind of moved up the date of the murder of the murder because originally they wanted to wait until the new year after Ellen was 16. Why? I don't know. I don't know what's the difference between 15 yeah. and 16. But Saturday, September 30th, 2017, just a few days prior to his murder, Ellen was at a school event and fully aware of what was happening. Gavin and Russell attempted to break into Aaron's home and kill him, but Aaron's girlfriend was home. She was there, so they decided to leave, and that's why... They pushed it back a couple of days later to October 2nd. So like I said, now it's the early hours of Monday, October 2nd, 2017. Gavin sneaks into the home without Aaron's knowledge and they quietly wait for him to fall asleep on the living room couch. Once Gavin hears him snoring, he starts walking to the living room, but he kicks a trash can waking up Aaron. So he runs back to Ellen's room. This is when Ellen pretends she has to use the bathroom and her father, Aaron, yells to her, quote, stop scaring me with all these people breaking in lately, unquote. So this is when Gavin actually had Aaron's bat in hand. I guess Aaron always kept it by the front door for like protection. So Gavin made his way back to the living room where he heard Aaron snoring once again. And Ellen said, quote, take him out. 15 years old. You're saying that about your own dad, like. That's terrifying. Over a boy. I just, I never understand these stories. Blows my mind. Gavin hit Aaron with the bat around six times in the chest and the head, killing Aaron. All the while, Russell was outside with a machete in case anything went wrong. But once the murder had taken place, he went inside to help Gavin move Aaron's body to Aaron's car. Russell stated later that he ran to the bathroom and he got sick due to the crime scene. And then Gavin, like... While they were Before they moved his body, they wrapped his head in like towels and the rest of his body in like blankets so they couldn't, you know, they didn't want to see it or see him, you know, they wanted not want to cover him up. So they put him in the trunk and then Ellen kissed her sisters goodbye. They grabbed whatever cash that her father had in his wallet and they took her dog Sparklebeak and then they got into her father's car. They then went to Walmart where there's actually footage of them in this Walmart. Ellen bought fast food and hair dye and then they just left. Um, then they went to the SSI building to collect money that Russell was receiving for disability. See, um, he was actually diagnosed with bipolar as well as being autistic. But for some, whatever reason, they never collected the money and they just like left. Because there's like in the footage, they walk in, he's holding like a bag. You know, they're all three there. They're waiting, they're waiting, nothing happens. And then like Ellen and Gavin kind of just leave. And then Russell's like throwing his hands up and they're like, why are you guys leaving? Like, I didn't get my money <laughs> You know, so they just leave. I don't know if they were in a rush because I'm pretty sure at this point, Aaron's body is still in the trunk. Mm. So because they still have his car. They had to, you know, drive to Walmart and all that stuff. So this is when they actually go to dump Aaron's body um, in where they found that dirt embankment where his body was. And then they just ditched his car. And that's where they were seen walking along the road where the police picked them up and they took him in for questioning. So, like I said, Russell was you know diagnosed with bipolar and not being autistic um but he says a lot there's a lot of footage especially i mean there's footage um when he's getting detained by the police which we're gonna play right now a little clip of that and then there's a awesome video on youtube it's about three hours long though of the interrogation of russell gavin and ellen and then they, they leave Russell in the room by himself a lot because he talks a lot and they want to hear what he has to say and it's very interesting, so we're going to play all that. But um, here's a clip of Russell being questioned by the police before he was put in the police vehicle and then also the ride to the station.
2: What, what's your first name? Mike. Okay, Mike what? Smith. Mike Smith? Okay. Yeah, it kind of sounds like one of those weird... Names. Mike
3: Smith does sound like a very yeah. common... I'm sure it's not
2: Russell? Well, that is one of the names that okay.
3: I I haven't patted him down or anything. Well, go ahead. I okay. don't
2: really have any weapons or anything. Okay,
3: well that makes me feel a whole lot easier, alright? Yeah. Just go ahead and stand I here spread your feet go. real I, quick.
2: I there probably would be really stupid saying this, this uh-huh. but did you happen to notice my wrists at all?
1: Your wrists? What about them? Well, stick one the thing well, is good. that I can
2: dislocate my wrist. Okay,
1: don't do that though, please.
2: Okay. You seem like a nice one. I I appreciate it. I won't make it hard on you. (laughs) All right. I only make it hard on the bad ones. I actually started my own
0: protection business. Did you? Yeah. What kind of protection?
2: I know it's kind of risky, but I work with people 20 and younger,
3: legally considered a runaway type of age. Okay, so you're going to protect like runaways?
2: They have to run away for some reason.
3: Yeah. So you provide protection for runaways and get them like a place to live
2: yeah okay yeah, places,
0: uh... so it's kind of crazy how you know he states his name is being mike smith and then he goes on to say that he runs like this protection program for runaways and he gives them a place to stay like weird
1: yeah you could already tell something's wrong with him
0: yeah totally totally so russell's in, brought into the interrogation room by an officer he sits and talks to him for a while i think because, you know, they can get out a lot out of Russell. He just keeps talking. So this is like a, a clip of the officer talking to Russell.
3: Really? Yeah. yeah. Group, huh? It's kind of a nice place.
2: Yeah, it's probably something yeah, it so that people, uh, well, people can get loud and hold themselves. Because sometimes we bring, like, well, drunks here from dry. Uh, drunks are so. the worst. Yeah. Not so. a big fan of them. Not a
3: yeah. big fan
2: of them. Like, I protect people, like I said, but um, I try not to resort to violence. Good. I always try and talk to the person. Yeah. Uh, her father is a drunk, uh-huh. uh, compared to what she's told me. And I've okay. only talked to him over the phone probably once or twice. Uh uh-huh. huh. seems really not that good of a father. Really? Yeah. He, uh. Her father? Yeah. Who is her father's name, you know? I. All I know him what about if I know? is, uh,. Aaron. That's all I know. Aaron. Of course. Then again, I know like Aaron Martinez, Aaron her father, but I don't know his last name. Uh, and I know Aaron Novi. So. Okay. Yeah, I know. A bunch I don't of think I've friends. ever met her father before. Yeah. I don't think I've met her before. You don't want to. I've never met you, and I don't think I've met. A Nobody, uh, guy rifles. <coughs> yeah, the hunting rifle. Yeah, it's a nice one, or. I've never seen it. Oh, okay. I've never met I her. How did you know man. he had one? Uh, she told me oh, okay. because uh, he oh, like, likes uh, to he drink a lot. Oh, okay. So, and the other night, the reason why I was helping her was because he went into her room mm-hmm. and laid next to her. Uh, I don't know and, where was going. Really? she tell you that? Yeah, and that's why I got her out. Okay. Yeah, we went down to uh, the park, we met up there. I told her just, like, leave everything yeah, and just, like, get the hell out of there. Grab, like, what, what a bag mark? of clothes. Um, Union, I think. Okay. Yeah, but I've always been kind of a you know, protector of people, so. Okay. <coughs> Unless people piss me off, then they become the, uh, not really target in a bad place, yeah. Just like target as in like someone that needs a firm talking to Okay. Or slap across the face. Depending mm-hmm. on the pay for that? Have you been paid yet or not financially. No. Okay. Because I can't legally work with the SSI. Yeah. Because I can only work under the table jobs. Yeah. And those don't really how much SSI do you get? Uh seven thirty five. Plus okay. a twenty two dollar check. a month? Yeah.
0: So then he leaves, he talks to another officer, and then the interrogator walks in and hands Russell a spray, and then they allow him to go smoke a cigarette outside, you know, obviously in their presence, and like I said, Russell talks a lot, and I'm thinking they, so they, they want to please him, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So they buy a McDonald's, and they kind of just like leave him in the room by himself, and he knows he's being recorded, obviously, and so this is a, a clip of Russell alone in that interrogation room.
3: I came with it. Oh, that mm-hmm. huh. That's
2: soft. That's actually nicer than the hospital ones. The hospital ones are kind of You know, they'll go with conversations aren't you camera off no yeah. I don't care if you're fed or not I can still
0: twist your little
2: mind don't Were nice. Very nice guy. He was actually pretty good too. Very understanding. He actually bought me food last time. Huh. And this time. Maybe I should talk to him more often. Hmm. No, no, I didn't know where I am. I wonder if I can be an undercover agent. I don't understand, sir. You do know I know you're listening, right? So listen here. Ellie Fryer is my client. My protectee. I would like to see her asking. Being polite. I know you're looking directly at me, aren't you? The information I gave is not worth six bucks. It's worth a lot uh, more. Red means you can't hear me. Green, you can. Gavin and Ellie are to be released to me because the assault her father did the morning of the incident defending a female. Now here's the thing. I know the cops twisted little pathetic rule game. And actually, sometimes I like to think that I invented the rule book. I'm not exactly bragging, but uh I use reverse psychology, which makes me be able to make you think it's not Gavin but in fact your own kid by reverse psychology making you look like the lunatic we can play it the easy way or the hard way I'm talking nice you got two choices one put a bullet through my head or two For all the evidence that I gave you guys, right there on a silver platter, right there down to the last detail. Hmm? Not one thing missing. Hmm? A whole list, step by step by step. Even a third grader could read how easy that was. For one, Ellie is still technically a minor. You want to play hardball? I played baseball when I was younger. Huh? I wouldn't go there. And I know everything that I'm saying is being recorded, and I'm doing it on purpose. I can easily turn the speaker off and rant, and then you guys will come in thinking I'm a loony because you don't hear me. Here's the thing. I'm not the one with the donut fetish. Give a cop a donut and he'll want a coffee to go with it. Give a mouse a cookie and he'll want a glass of milk. Give a moose a muffin and he'll want something else. But here's my favorite one. What is it when a cop car is towed by a tow truck?
3: Pulled
2: port. <laughs> So, we can either tell pig jokes all day, or we can have a little chat. I'm very uh, good at convincing people, and I don't even use
0: hypnosis. I think I just am. my...
1: Yeah,
0: Yeah, it's a... It's an interesting video, right? So
1: someone after murder to sit in an interrogation room, especially by themselves, and act like that is...
0: He didn't technically murder him, but, I mean, he knew what was going on. To to be a part of a murder. Yeah, exactly. And move his body.
1: And, like, just to act like that afterwards, like, damn. Yeah. Dude needs help and needs to be put somewhere and watched.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, and throughout this video, too, it's, like, he looks at this murder more as taking care of Ellen, or Ellie, like he says, like he, I mean, she, she, we'll, we'll get into that later, but she s- claims that she was physically abused, mentally abused, sexually abused by her father. Yeah. And she told them. So in Russell's head, he's like protecting her, you know? It's well, that's like, what he said. He's but, a protector. Yeah, exactly. And she's only 15 and he wanted to get her away from her, but yeah, it's just, it's wild very interesting in, like to watch him though but so now we're going to play a little clip of Ellen being interrogated she starts off with the whole interrogation like saying a different name again she doesn't say her real name and then she continues to like lie over and over again once she actually does start talking but by the end of the video i mean if you want to i don't want to spoil it but it's a 3 hour long video it's very long but she totally flips by the end of it so here's like a little clip of of that start there
4: well My situation with my father abusing me had gotten worse. So I was looking for a way out. So I started a plan to run
5: away. So I started transporting all of my clothes to Gavin's house. All of that blood that your sisters walked in on is your dad's blood. What? Russell attacked my father. So tell me everything you saw that happened to your dad.
4: I didn't see anything. Like I said, I was in the back room, and when I heard the whole thing going on, I jumped out the window and I ran. Okay.
5: Okay, I'm going to take notes so I can keep track of this, okay? Mm -hmm. How do you know Russell was with your father?
4: Because Gavin was with me, with my stuff. He was with my stuff.
5: How do you know Gavin was with your stuff?
4: Because... I could see him through the back
5: window. How do you even know that a machete was involved prior to going out to that North Walmart area?
4: Because he had it on him. And then he pulled it out and I saw blood on it and I realized what had happened.
5: And how were you guys getting around, like to the Walmart or that kind of thing? Russell got the keys and
4: we took my dad's car.
5: So where did you meet up with whoever was in your car? Was in the car. The alley. Okay. Then Gavin
4: took me back, and it was. In the, I pulled it into the alley. And what's the very next thing that happened? Then Gavin and I go in to get the rest of my stuff. Mm-hmm. And Gavin has the car started, and Russell has a tarp hanging out of the back seat, like mm-hmm. the back trunk. Yeah. And then.
5: Did you stop at Gavin's house first? Yes, we did. Okay.
4: And we drop all of my stuff off.
5: And then I was hungry. So what about your dog? We dropped the dog off there. Okay, gotcha. He's there now. Okay, okay. So you and Gavin go into Walmart? hmm And then you said you go to the SSI building?
4: Yeah, that's what Mike wanted to do. What did he want to do there? I guess he wanted to make Gavin his rep payee. Did you go back to Walmart? Yes, I went back into Walmart to return something. Oh, what did you return? Hair
5: oil. Okay. Where was Mike during that?
4: Well... Mm-hmm. Since he killed my dad, and I have suspicions that he was in the trunk. Maybe he went to do something with the body.
5: And I've been a little bit like blunt with you during this. That's process. what I appreciate, blunt. I don't like people that beat around the bush. Then I'm going to be blunt with you. The information I have is you knew your dad was in the trunk. My guess is it probably wasn't a great feeling to know that your dad was in the trunk.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What were you saying to um, Mike and Gavin about your dad being in the trunk?
4: I was asking them about like what what's in the trunk with the tarp, and they're like a body, and like whose body? Why is my dad in
5: there? Mm-hmm. And then
4: Russell says yes.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: I I believe that Russell's the one that killed my father. Okay. Was anybody wearing gloves today? Mm-hmm. Russell was. Okay. Were you? At one point, yes. I think. Because Russell was the one that insisted that
5: I put the gloves on. hmm And then what happened? You put the gloves on. I put the gloves on. We go to Walmart. So when we get the video footage from you in Walmart, we're going to see you in latex gloves walking around? I I didn't put them in my pocket, then yes. Okay. Did you help with your dad out no. on 140? Because that would have been hard, too. 140? Yeah. Out. Out, um... We have found your dad, and we know he is dead. And we know that you and Gavin were there when he was taken out of the trunk. That's just things we know, okay? They did pull
4: over somewhere. That must have been where it was. Yeah. And then Russell threw the body
5: over. How did that make you feel? I felt really bad. Uh huh. What did you say about it?
4: I yelled. I blew my top off. hmm
5: What did you yell?
4: A lot of things. Like did that I, I regret.
5: Tell me an example.
4: I hate using swear words, but I was so mad that I used just a bunch of swear words.
5: To who? Mike. One of the things also out there by your dad is the baseball bat.
4: A baseball bat? Is that what he used? Cause my dad kept a baseball bat by the front door for protection. Okay. Where is that baseball bat now? Well, hmm. you said it was found. So he must've saw it and used it along with the machete because the machete did have blood on it mm-hmm. and it was dried. Okay. How do you know it was blood? It was red, okay. like dark red, dried blood. I know what dried blood looks like. I'm a woman. Okay.
5: And tell me about what the baseball bat looked like.
4: It was dark. It was a black metal baseball bat. Mm-hmm.
5: The information we have is that you actually threw that baseball bat up into the tree. What?
4: Mm-hmm. But I was in the car.
5: Well, I'm a little bit thinking maybe you weren't in the car. Did you put it up in the tree?
4: I kicked it. I don't know if I kicked it. That's why my
5: ink like here. am mine. Oh, you, wait, let me see. You have a line on your foot from kicking the baseball bat? Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't
0: know if you can tell. So this girl, like, literally in the beginning of this, seriously thinks that she's going to get away with this. And she starts blaming everything on Russell when she knows damn well that Gavin's the one that killed her dad. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like she's trying to flip it. and She folds. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think they even go, finally we're going to get to Gavin, I think they go into the interrogation room like, hey, Ellen just told us everything, so... This is when Gavin just kind of unleashes and tells him. So this is his little clip of his interrogation.
3: She told you she was pregnant? I've known for about two weeks now. Two weeks? I told you? Okay. Did you tell Ellie you don't want to kill him? I told her, like, I don't want to do this. I told her
1: that, that like, I didn't, I, I didn't want to kill
3: him. So when these kind of things happen, Gavin, there's usually something that clicks and you make a decision on what you're going to do how long before you hit dad with the bath has that conversation come up
1: he's been talking about it for a long
3: time I, I tried to be civil with,
1: with Aaron and stuff I was like should I offer to, to go and have a cup
3: of coffee and discuss why he, he has beef with me so going back to you guys getting there around two thirty in the morning mm-hmm. is it possible you got there early earlier in 2.30? I mean, we were at Union at, like, about 1.30. And did you guys have to wait around for a little while? We did. Ellie was like, just wait till he falls asleep and come in. And where did you grab the bat from? Hmm? Where did you grab the bat from before you walked into the front room? No, I wanted to keep
1: the bat for myself.
3: Okay. So now you're walking from Ellie's room with the bat, and the plan for you is to walk out the front door. That's what I was.
1: I wasn't. I mean, Ellie wanted me to kill him, but I didn't want to. I was planning on just walking straight
3: out the front door. Did you play along with Ellie and say, "Okay, I'll kill him"? You mm-hmm. did. But then he woke up. Did you tell Ellie how you were going to kill him? No. Did she ever mention, "Hey, use the bat"? Well, she
1: said that he, if you, if I wanted to, I could. And I
3: was like,
1: "It's not that hard to punch someone in the throat."
3: Mm. So she hands you the bat in the bedroom and tells you to go take that out. Mm-hmm. Okay, what were her exact words? She
1: said, go out in the front room, take him out, and text me and let me know when it's done. And to me, I was like, okay, so I guess she wants me to kill
3: him, but I don't want to kill him.
1: Gotcha. So you kick
3: the bin and the dog barks. Where is the dog at? Sleeping on the couch with him. How do you know the dog was on the couch with him? Like, because I was,
1: like, when we were in the house, like, I heard, like, one of the reasons before leaving is because we heard him say, Sadie, move. And I was like, oh, okay. Because, like, he's probably disturbed
3: a little bit. Is it possible, Gavin, that you hit him while he was asleep? I don't think so, no. Is it possible, though? It's possible he might
1: have still been asleep. But I, I couldn't see anything It was pitch black.
3: What makes you think that he woke up? He was like, what the f***, who were you? But is that after you hit him once or before? That was before. Okay. Is it possible that he might not have said that and you just hit him while he was asleep on the couch?
1: I I don't, I
3: don't remember. Are you 100% sure he said who's that? Or could you just be telling me that, thinking that trying to minimize this, making it look a little better? Because yeah. I just hit him while he was asleep. And then okay, he, so let's. If you're going to tell the truth, let's tell the truth all the way. Okay. okay I'm sorry. Was he awake when you hit him? No. Yes or no? No. Okay.
1: I mean, I I wasn't wanting to kill him, but then the dog started barking and I and I knew where I was. I just I just snapped because I didn't want to have to deal with him. It was after like the the second swing. He was like, "What the." F-
3: Was he ever able to get up off the couch or did... No. And be honest with us, don't try to minimize things. How many times do you think you hit him? I think I hit him about six times. Six times? Yeah, five or six times. And were all those hits, where did you swing and hit him at? Like, his chest and his head. Okay. Ultimately, did he stop talking, stop moving? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. When did you turn the light on? Like I, I stood there for,
1: for a little bit. I, I, I don't know. It seemed like hours, and I was just like, "What did I just do?" Okay.
0: So yeah, that's a little clip of all there's. Like again, if you guys want to watch it, it's a little. It's quite a long YouTube video, but it's very well put together, and there's so much information. But Gavin was eventually charged for murder, robbery in the first degree, tampering with evidence, and rape in the third degree, and was sentenced to life in prison, but could receive the possibility of parole after serving 25 years. And I'm assuming this rape in third degree is because she's only 15. Ellen's only 15 yeah. years old. He's 19, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: And another thing, why is this 22-year-old dude hanging out? <laughs> like, I know he's 19. They're pretty close in age, but it's just bizarre, so... Russell was charged with murder, robbery in the first degree, and tampering with evidence, and was sentenced to 15 years in prison. Ellen was charged with murder, robbery in the first degree, and tampering with evidence, and was eventually sentenced to 25 years, and will be eligible to be released in 2042. So this is also a last clip we're going to play of Ellen actually in court reading a statement, kind of showing remorse for what had happened. I would first like to
6: say that I'm sorry for all the pain that I've caused to others through this whole work. Sometimes the hardest part isn't letting go, but allowing yourself to start over. I could focus on the fact that I rob myself of many experiences. I'll never get to go to prom. I won't be able to watch my little sisters grow up in a beautiful women. Or we'll go to a high school football game as a member of the marching band ever again. Or I could focus on my personal growth as a human being. First and foremost, I'm a kid and still will be for quite a while. I'm not the same scared little girl I was over a year ago and I've done some growing up with attention. I've seen all different kinds of people and now see humanity from a new compassionate perspective. We can't erase the past or even change it. We can carry the past on our shoulders and we can start over. Each day I wrestle with PTSD and suffer through horrendous flashbacks of the abuse I allowed myself to endure at the hands of my father. But I'm learning to let go of the stifling fear, pain, and scars that negated my well-being for so long. This is truly a sad situation in which everyone got hurt, and we all still feel the effects in some way. But when we intend for evil, God will work for good. Since being lodged, I've learned of the forgiveness, grace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I am unafraid to trust an unknown future to know God. I would like to thank and acknowledge the support that I've received from some in the past year. First, I need to thank my legal team, Melissa, Marianne, and Monte fighting so hard for me when I didn't know what to believe and for my future. I want to thank the detention staff and my peers who could not be present for offering kind words of hope and support when I needed the most. The youth 715 ministry leaders deserve so much gratitude for donating their time to share the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ. And I need to thank my mom and my grandma for being moving beneath my wings. <laughs> I'll leave you with a quote from one of my favorite authors, Pentecostola. Even though the war back,
0: there's still always hope Thank you. so yeah that's uh that's Ellen in court after after uh knowing that her father was just murdered by her boyfriend so just a wild it's wild it's it's wild what teenagers do you know there's so many stories we've done. the drastic steps you take yeah just for something so little exactly exactly now they can't be together. her father's gone like i I mean. I almost—I do believe her about the abuse. It sounds real. I mean, she's telling everybody about it. I mean, but who knows? Yeah. I don't know Aaron. (laughs) I didn't know him. But it's just horrific. He didn't need to die because of that. Maybe she... I I don't know why she didn't tell her mom. Maybe she did. Maybe nothing came out of it. I'm wondering why she didn't tell anybody. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it's like... I don't know. Disturbing, but... So yeah, that's the story of Aaron Fryer. So thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next Monday.
1: Thank you. Yeah,
0: stay safe and be aware.